Why, hello, and welcome to Biblical Chile. If you'll be so kind as to come this way, I'll find you a place to take that load off. They're just about to start. If you've been here before, welcome back. If this is your first time, let me fill you in on a few details. See, around these parts, we speak openly about the questions that people have on their daily walk with Christ. Prayer is an outflowing of an already existing fellowship with God. We rely on the Bible for answers and direction. But this is not your regular Bible study. To this day, like I remember it was asking, so we're praying for the apocalypse? We value your perspective and we want you to join in the conversation. The fellas will tell you how you can do that once they get started. They did have meat. Sorry. No, they, no, they had quail. <laughs> yes. that's, that's almost not meat. <laughs> Ah, well, looky here, an open seat right up front. Grab your Bible and your favorite drink. They're just about to start. Oh, there's the door. Listen, I'll check in on you later. I got to go. Order up. All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Biblical Chili. To my right is... Hi, everyone. It's Ro here. This is Mike. This is Sully. This is Justin. And this is Tom. You should have seen the looks I got, because normally we go to the left. You <laughs> <laughs> caught Israel. Justin, you feel like leading us in prayer before we get started here? Sweetly. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. We pray, Lord, that uh, you'll be with us. You'll send your Holy Spirit, give us uh, wisdom and guidance. And I pray, Lord, that uh, you'll uh, help us to reach more people and also uh, give wisdom to the listeners as well. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So... The episode I'm referring to is What is Prayer? That's the one that we are launching off of. Because at the end of that episode, I talked briefly about the Lord's Prayer. And I didn't even read it. You know, we were discussing the episode that I brought it up. I didn't even read the Lord's Prayer on the episode (laughs) of What is Prayer? So tonight, we're going to rectify that. But before we get started, we have some feedback from that episode from Brother Mike. He listened to it, and he wanted to... No, it wasn't Mike there. Brother Mike, not Field. We're both br- brothers, but Mike, another Mike, the friend, other, friend yeah. of ours, yeah. that's a uh, missionary. Not Mike, our uh, Mike regular... A. Mike A, not, not Mike, Mike B. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're talking about our irregular Mike, not our regular Mike. <laughs> <laughs> not the mics we're using, right. but the other Mike. <laughs> Anywho... <laughs> That train derailed quick. Wow. So, Mike, I apologize. I, I hope Funny that you are laughing wherever you're at. <laughs> 20 seconds. That's awesome. He, so, he, he wrote, the topic of prayer is like climbing a mountain. The higher you get, the change of perspective you have. The closer we walk with God, the change of perspective and functionality prayer becomes perspective and functionality. Prayer becomes us. From his perspective, he says, prayer is an outflowing of an already existing fellowship with God. The greater the fellowship, the more liberty we give the Holy Spirit to pray through us. And then he get a little wordy with this one, which I like this idea, though. Imagine you and your wife walking together, and let's say you know she was allergic to bees. As you walk with her, you discover a bee on the path, and you respond by avoiding the path or killing the bee. Likewise, as you walk with God, You know the things he hates and the things he loves. Because he's with you, you respond to the surrounding circumstances, knowing the things he hates and loves. 
Prayer is often a groaning of the soul that relates to the, with the knowledge of God through his word. Prayer is knowing God's promises and applying them to any and every situation by petitioning him to come through on his word so that he may be glorified. Prayer is a position of brokenness before a holy God. Prayer is an outward manifestation of a life lived in the presence of God. Extremely poetic. <laughs> he he is a wordsmith, man. Yeah, he Thank is. you. <laughs> we are going to be uh, reading out of Matthew chapter 6 for the, the Lord's Prayer. And I will read the, the verses leading up to the Lord's Prayer, and then we're going to have a little fun with this. Starting in uh, chapter 6, verse 5. And it says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. And this is the, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. What we're going to do tonight, guys, is uh, we're going to discuss this a little bit, but we're going to kind of go stanza by stanza, really define what is being said here. For those that are, are uh, Christians currently, you probably have this prayer memorized and set it over repetition. And, and, and a lot of times, pause isn't given to understand the words that we're saying to understand the gravity by the end of this episode we'll have a biblical chili version of the lord's prayer yeah don't worry about breaking it down we'll do it for you right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with the first two words our father justin all right this one honestly it, it I know the the beginning of it is our Father in heaven. Okay, this is how it just starts. Just our Father by itself, I think, speaks volume because when you look at and, and this is the I, I study these type of things like Israel. You're t you talk about being the facts and figures type of guy. I'm 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 right there with you. Okay, I I don't and and we've talked about this before, but it's hard for me to go into those Bible studies that. They're like asking about your feelings and how you feel and this kind of stuff. And I kind of, I break down because I'm, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't care how I feel. <laughs> Stop asking me. Asking the figure, asking about the facts and figures. I find it interesting because I've, I've studied actually many different religions, many different faith systems. Maybe I should say instead of just religions, just faith systems in general. What I find very interesting is Christianity seems to be, and I'm not going to get into the different flavors of Christianity, but uh, Christianity seems to be the only one that really forces a a relational connection with our God. And, and the, the term theologically is called an impersonal God and a personal God. An impersonal God is a God that you cannot 
get to. You have absolutely no way of reaching that God because it's an impersonal God or, or that God is somehow some ethereal like pantheism or something like that. So like Dagon or Zeus or... All oh, a, a lot of them. Like Hin- even Hinduism, Hinduism and, and a lot yeah. of those. Yeah. Okay. They, they talk about, they may, some of them talk about God. Some of them talk about you are a God. There's a God in you. Th- those type of things. What I'm saying is, is Christianity is unique because Christianity seems to be the only one that has authentically wanted a relationship with the ones worshiping that God. And it's interesting that Jesus himself starts this with saying, this is how you should pray. Listen, our father, our father is a relationship thing and it's a father thing. So you obviously know it's about having that respect, about having that, that fear of God, not fear like afraid, but fears and reverence and awe and respect about who God is. This part resonates with me so well. Because of because of that person that personality that personalness. There's another verse in the Bible that talks a little bit about this concept, and the verse talks about the about personalness about the personal okay. says it, the, the actual words it uses says to say Abba Father, and if you look at what that's talking about, it's like saying, it's like when my kids run up to me and go, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Daddy, I, I really need this, Daddy. You know, when my little daughter runs up to me and goes, Daddy, and she wants something, I don't care what's going on in the room, and I don't care who else is there or anything else. All of a sudden, my whole attention is like, what do you need? Right. That's, to me, what he's saying here. When you go, our Father, which art in heaven, you're saying, Dad, he's going... Everybody in heaven, shut up. I need to hear what they need hey, to say. Hey, hey, guys, Mike's talking. You know, and Give me a minute. <laughs> that's, to me, that's that relationship factor. That's, to me, that's what's going on when I pray. And that's that first step. Right. One, I, I still have reverence for who he is because he's my dad. He's my father. You know, my heavenly father. So a small little add-on to that just came to me right now, but in a lot of religions that you can pray to a god or or in Hinduism, it's levels of deity that you can reach, but there's no set location until that. It's not a real concrete concept. You can't think of Jesus pretty much says, this is how you should pray. Our Father, one, establishing that relationship that you were talking about, but then the second part of it, he established where? This isn't uh, some kind of concept or 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 something that you got to try to figure out. No, it's a real God that has a real location, which is heaven, and it's act. He's there now. It's so, not so you're personally reaching out to him in, to his to his location to his address in heaven. There's no question. It's like, oh, is God in me? Is God next door? Is he on a mountaintop that I have to journey through my my life to get to? That goes back to that personal God. Yeah, it's no, God's not this level of achievement, not something that you can't grasp. He's there in heaven now listening with an ear. Our Father. When it says our, it's a a, a possessive thing. Alright, and it's not only just mine, but it, it is ours, but it, Ours encompasses mine. 
All right, so he was talking to a lot of people at the, at this time. So he's saying, "Our Father, our Father." To break this down for individuals listening, would you think that this could be as saying "Father" or "My Father"? How would you? How would we put our spin on this to I mean, "Our Father" or "Dad"? Like you're "Abba Father." To to personalize this, internalize it, would "My Father" be? A, a good assumption as to what he how he's telling us to pray because ours and you're trying to drive home that that personal relationship that you know already that you have to share uh, i think i said it pretty my my outlook on that is pretty basic um dad father um i need your help so are you saying god is dad father he is he is my he is my daddy. He's my heavenly daddy, my heavenly yeah. father. He's the one that takes care of me beyond my earthly dad's abilities, way way beyond. Yeah. I think our is purposeful here. So I don't I don't know if I would go with my dad. I think what what Jesus is trying to say, and I know we're I know we're we're really tearing this apart like piece by piece, but I think our was purposeful. Yeah. Because of it, like what you said, I'm not saying that it's wrong to say my, you know, my, because he is, he is our, he's our father, he's our heavenly father. Without him, we wouldn't have been created. But I think the hour in this instance, I think it's really trying to help God or how I'm sorry, help the one praying understand and keep in mind that God is here for everyone. Even if I can, if I could put it this way, even the one who doesn't even believe in him. He is still their heavenly father, even if they're not a Christian, because he is still their creator, even though they they may not believe, they may not even love him, but that's the thing. But we're supposed to be the ones who interact with that. We the one, we're the ones that know. Go for I have it. a little bit of a, a a little bit of a clip on that one. I disagree with you a little bit, and we don't have too sure. many disagreements on on the. The Bible is very specific in a couple of verses where it says it talks about. Um, if you are not a Christian, if you have not chose the God as your father, as your savior, then he's technically not your father because it also says that if you're not, you're of the father, your father, the devil. In that concept, we have to be careful how we look at that. Yes, he wants us. If you look at who he was talking to, he was talking to people that were saved, the Christians that were following him and believing in, in what he was talking about. So my outlook on that, yes, he was telling them to do that, but you also have to remember Tom read in verse seven, this isn't something he was saying to people that we have to say verbatim. We're not supposed to say it in repetition. Yeah, I believe he is. He wants to be, I think is the proper term. He wants to be everybody's father. I think you're looking at it price. from a spiritual connotation though. I was looking at it more of a creational connotation. That, that's what I mean. He wants you know, to be every, cause, cause he did create every, you know, all that's, of this that's, is his that's creation. What I was yeah, yeah. He is all everybody's father. And, but in that, that concept, I agree with you. I wasn't meaning he wants, spiritual. Cause yeah, I, I actually agree that. with you. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing yeah. with that. I agree. I think you were looking on the left side of the coin <laughs> and I was looking on the right. So <laughs> I love it. My old pastor taught, um, went to on the, on a retreat somewhere and it was in the Midwest. And anyway, the family was this type of Christian that they actually only prayed the Lord's prayer uh-huh. yeah. for, um, before lunch uh-huh. at night in the morning. They didn't pray like 
like the way I pray, which is more like personable conversational aspect. Okay. Like I'm when the Bible says pray, pray continuously. It's kind of mm-hmm. like while you're driving, they're like, God, what about this? And they yeah, don't it says, they, it says without ceasing. Right, without ceasing. They don't pray like that. They pray the Lord's prayer um, in the morning, evening. They, right. they that's the, how they pray. Right. And they're born again. They're spirit filled, and they're. But I, I just when you said that, I was wanted to make sure that some people actually take this literally when it says pray like this. They pray. I don't see it. I I see it more as a constructural. Jesus, like this is how you should pray. It like has, a blueprint, almost. Yeah, like it's that. Like we'll continue on where it says establish God, honor Him, and then right. And so, yeah, and so, certain, so yeah, yeah, let's step forward. Yeah, and, yeah, and I, I, I think that the reference to verse seven, and that's why I like bringing stuff into context with certain things. You know, he was very specific about having it repetitive. Because if you use it, it says right here, um, verse 7. Just before that. It says, but when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Just saying the same prayer over and over and over and over again, you're not going to mean it. Well, You know what I mean? It's not going to be from the heart. It's just going to be from your memory. And you're not going to actually be praying. You're just going to be saying a repetitive statement over and over and over again. It may come and to that. Yeah. Anybody could do that, you know, and it's something. Now, there's there's certain areas where I think that if somebody like a child is learning how to do that and they're meaning it from their heart and they're trying because the Holy Spirit can can discern that stuff, too. You know, so I, I don't not I'm going to not going to sit here and condemn it. What I'm saying is if you do it as a re- repetition. I'm going to go here. I really wasn't going to go, but I'm going to go here. If you do this as a repetition, repetition, like some religions say, you have to say this, 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 and this, and you got to do it this many times in order to be forgiven, whatever. And it's a repetition over and over and over and over and over again. And you're not really doing it. it. It's a lot of just works. It's done as a work, not as a prayer. Okay. We keep the ship moving forward here. Ship. Keep the sh- ship moving forward here. <laughs> Say, wow. <laughs> Whoa. Watch those words there, Tom. <laughs> Enunciate this thing. Tom, I've never brought out a bleep yet. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> let's not start today. <laughs> oh, that would be funny. Man. Oh, my God. So our second stanza of this, well, I guess it would be the second part of the first stanza, is who art in heaven? This one should be pretty quick and cut and dried. Who who art in heaven? What do you guys think? Uh, go ahead. So I want to reiterate when I said that in heaven, God, Jesus was establishing that God's the real God and not a conceptual idea. He's letting you know that he has a place. He's there right now and jesus talked about heaven taught about heaven at the church we don't teach a lot about anymore but heaven's a real place that god that jesus went to go prepare you know prepare for us god's in heaven he's a real being in a place that one day i hope to to get to right i think we've covered a little bit of that already i think awesome hallowed be thy name hallowed be thy name there's that reverence thing again who wants to pick up the what I'll, this hollow would be? I'll jump mean? on that one. I mean, 
hallowed be thy name. Again, it's it's the reverence thing. I, what I really like about this thought is how the Israels viewed the term Jehovah. Um, they actually wouldn't wouldn't just say Jehovah. That was like a term that was very sacred. It was. It I was, believe you know, that even when the um, the priests would write, when they would copy the the Old yeah. Testament, when they would copy it, they would actually before they would write it, they would wash, wash. themselves. They would basically take a bath, and I mean, I don't mean just oh little no, like they would wash themselves before they even picked up the pen and made that word of Yehovah. Right. Like yeah, yeah, and and so that's when I think of hallowed be thy name. I that's what I think of. I think of how they reverenced just his name. Just, I mean that it's just a name, but no, it's the name of God. It's more. It's awesome. It's yeah. a, so when God Jesus was saying, "I want you to pray like this," I you got to remember that you're using this as a like a blueprint in how we would pray in our lives. Um. When I was, when you're a child, you always ask, go to your mom and you'd be like, I want apple juice. I want apple, or, or my son goes, I need apple juice. I need apple juice. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not how we do things. We got to teach you how to ask. You say, may I please have apple juice? May I? So this is the same concept. I mean, God's going to hear your prayers no matter what. I mean, but if you're, there's some caveats to that. But when you're praying, a lot of times, we get to this concept of, Lord, I need a brand new pair of jeans. Lord, I need a Cadillac. Lord, I need this. Lord, I need that. Lord, I need a full tank of gas in that Cadillac. And it's all these wants, wants, wants. Right. In actuality, <laughs> God's showing you, it's like, first, hey, instead of like, like just coming into the house and kicking the door open, have some kind of like, this is God. Like, re have some reverence to say, hey, hallow be your name. Before you start asking and start dumping on like all those requests, that's what I kind of see the structure being. D did you know? Hallowed is actually just another word for holy. Mm -hmm. Holy, holy is your name. Just, just so everyone, so we're all on the same page. Holy is your name is what it's literally saying. Hallowed is just that that descriptive word for it, and it's it's not. And and this is kind kind of maybe I can go down a little bit different, a little bit of a different path, but hallowed be thy name holy is your name is a description about god's character is what it's describing it's not just like letters in a name that's not it, god's letters in a name have no magical ability it's what it represents god who is god and it's about his character and and how perfect and i mean scripture says he can't he can't lie. He is all powerful. He is all knowing. Is it da, 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 da. And there's all this great description about God and who he is and how wonderful he is. And the, the, the greatest, I think the greatest uh, example of God's character is Jesus, because even Jesus said, what, what did Jesus say? Didn't he say, if you've seen me, I've, you know, he said, I've been with you this long. If you've seen me, you've seen the father because somebody asked him, Hey, show us God. And he's like, I'm right here. Like, if you if you've seen me you've you know the father then and and that's i think the it's a powerful thing because you guys hit the great side of it which is understanding the reverence of it understanding who you are and who you're talking to in that 
in that respect. I, I love using the illustration of kids because God looks as, at us as his kids. And so that's why I always like to reference those types of things because I got seven kids. That's, that's, how, this pray, that's how this prayer starts out, isn't it? Exactly. It's a child it's, reaching up to their yes, father. That's exactly. Awesome. Okay. Um, thy kingdom come. Israel. I grew up in a Spanish Pentecostal church, though I didn't speak any Spanish. Sunday schools were always in English. And when we were, I remember. Wait, 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 hold on, hold wait, on. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Okay, okay. Let's <laughs> step back. I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> yeah. So the message, the main message was given in Spanish, and the Sunday school, like lessons in, in the other room, was given in English. So Sunday school, because the kids, I mean, us kids, generally, we spoke English. But then worship, message, and like the two hour long sermon, was all in Spanish. Ah, gotcha. Okay. So anyway, I remember a class going over the Lord's Prayer and the and using it as an architecture of prayer. And to this day, like I remember, it was asking, "So we're praying for the apocalypse?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was awesome. So that's that's what immediately pops back to mind. But no, that's not it anymore. Um, go ahead. Okay, I gotta, I gotta, kind of put a put a little attacher to this. Okay, a little add on to what you just said. I wouldn't use the word apocalypse, but yes, we are praying right. for Jesus to come soon because <laughs> Scripture actually says we should pray yep. for His second coming, for Him to come soon. Oh, come, Lord, quickly! Da, da, da. And so, yes, we kind of are praying for the apocalypse. <laughs> maybe not, the maybe not in side. yeah, maybe not in that context, but. That's, yeah, so as a child, that's what I, I remember being in that class asking. But no, so praying for that, that kingdom come. That, and I don't think you can use that by itself. And you have to use the next portion that will be done. Let, let's, let's add that. Let's tack that on then. That kingdom come that will be done. We are praying for the biblical church to come to and for his will to be done on earth. And what is his will? That for all men to come to know the Father. Amen. And that's that's the crust of it when you when you think it's for thy will to be done is that for all men to come to know the that Jesus Christ and the Lord God loves them. So that's the No, and that's that's a good point too, because they do they both I mean it's it's two it's pieces of the puzzle. It's it's trying to bring in one point. Thy kingdom come Thy will be done. And I, if I can just touch on the thy will be done for just a sec, I think this is important too because this – and I'm, I'm noticing – I don't know about you guys, but I'm noticing picking this apart that this is trying to – the whole prayer, at least so far, is trying not to just be reverent to God. It's not just sending to God, but it's also changing our the way that we think. Because number one, we're talking to our father. That helps us to understand where we are in this connotation, in this message, right? We're, we're talking where we're talking to. We know who he is because he's holy. And then his kingdom come, his will be done. In other words, God, whatever I'm praying here, I hope it's all to your will. I'm praying that this is all to your will be done. I'm probably reading this a little bit different. Thy kingdom come for me felt like a plea. We want your kingdom to come. We want you to right. come back. And then how you guys are coupling, thy will be done. I always couple that one with the what 
follows it, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, referring to his kingdom that's coming. He, you know, holy is your name, hallowed is your name, thy kingdom come, praying for his kingdom to come. Then he's praying also for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, in his kingdom. So you're you're saying that basically thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven is more connected to together than thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So you're saying it's like two separate right. thoughts maybe? That, that maybe I'm reading it incorrectly, but that's how I'm perceiving maybe, it. Maybe it's both. Maybe, maybe it goes both. Well, I'm, I hate to be the... I don't hate to be this. I'd like to be this. So... <laughs> I play like, it out, Mike. I, I play like, it out. I like to play the English person here. I like. I love how Tom just brought that up. So we're gonna. I'm gonna jump into the King James Bible here, and I like how it says it because it it backs up what Tom's saying. And this is where I like punctuation. So that's the English side of this. So Thy kingdom come. Period. Thy will be done in earth, comma, as it is in heaven. Period. So two complete thoughts. Mm-hmm. Two separate thoughts. So yeah, in a sense, what Tom's saying, I, that's that's where it's going. But it's, it's still the concept of your thought process is sim, is what you were saying, Joseph, in respect to how we're thinking about things. Yes, we want Christ to come back. We also want people to get saved, like Israel said. We want we want him to. We want folks to come to the knowledge of Christ. When do we want him to come to the knowledge of Christ? Before his kingdom comes. Yeah. That is his will that that none should perish. Okay? That's that's why Christ came. I was just kind of going with that. I feel that Tom's more a little right on that due to the fact that I feel thy kingdom, thy kingdom come, that's a place. Like, you're going there. There will be done. That sounds like an act, not an actual place. You know, you really can't have an act if you don't have a place. Right. Um, did you guys have a rebuttal or <laughs> oh. thoughts on that? Uh, Go ahead, Israel. So, so on earth as it is in heaven. Again, for God's desire is that all men come to know Jesus and, and spend relationship with him. Same concept like as it is in heaven. Heaven, God spends. So when I, when I read in it, I take it. I took it like the fellowship that we have in, in Jesus in heaven is the way that he that we're praying that it could be like that on earth that so that's how i always took it that 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 kingdom come that will be done comma and then at the end it says on earth as it is in heaven because we're trying to be more like christ give us this day our daily yep. bread give us this day our daily bread i'll i can i'm, I'm gonna jump in on this one i got i love this one okay I love the did you man? Am I the did you know guy tonight? I don't know. <laughs> I've given a couple. Give us this day our daily bread. I heard a research documentary on this little statement here. There was several, like you're talking a whole lot of studies done on this little little this little line. Give us this day our daily bread. It was a grocery list. This is something that they would actually, they titled it their, their daily bread. It was considered their grocery list for the day. They would, they would put this together. The Israelites and people back in the day would put a list together and they would consider it their daily bread, their daily list, their daily needs for that 
day, not for the next day like we do where we have, oh, let's go to the store and plan everything for the week. They didn't have freezers and fridges. So they would literally make their list for that day of their needs. Now, this is the spot in the prayer where I love this spot in the prayer because this is where at this point, this is where you go to God for your needs. This is where you go to him for your, not for your needs for the whole year, (laughs) not for your needs for the, the week, for that day. One day. What do you need for that day? One day. I love that part. I was in a a church service where they were talking about this, but they they referred it back like it's a throwback to when Moses led the people out of Egypt. They they relied on God for their manna, their daily bread. And it was a complete trust in God that he would deliver that. They were out in the wilderness with a bunch of people, and that was the only way they could have survived. For 40 days, 40 years, 40 years. years. It was 40 years. Yeah. I just said flood popping my head. <laughs> no, that's that's Noah. Yeah. They did. They did have meat. Sorry. You no, know, they no, bread. they had quail. <laughs> yeah. That's that's almost not meat. <laughs> quail is have almost you, not meat. Have you seen the size of quail? <laughs> that's really? almost not meat. <laughs> that's almost not meat. <laughs> No, that's no, that's that's awesome. That it, it's also in. I I think all of you guys are hitting on something awesome. If I could just put my two cents in there, what did Jesus reference bread to be? Anybody? As we like, what him, was him, bread? Like, the word of God. I know his that's body. What that is to absolutely correct. The he, word of God. He, and, his body and, his and also, Jesus yep. said that he was the way, was, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. He bread, um, prophetically. And symbolically, all throughout scripture has always referenced not just what you're talking about. You're talking about the perfect thing because they did. They lived day to day. You, you, it was a full-time job. And to take this as, as you will, it was a full-time job for a woman to make dinner. Yes. And I mean that. Yes. They had to chase the chicken down. They had to make the bread. And just to make the bread for dinner or for lunch was an all-day event. That's why they put that list together. And like what Tom was talking about with Israel, that, they knew that story. That story was in there. They ate these sweet cakes, this bread from heaven, manna from heaven. And that's the thing is in scripture, it talks about that when it comes to the word of God is always referenced as bread. Mm-hmm. And yes. it was referenced as bread many times for many reasons. I mean, and that's that's a whole nother talk all in of, of itself. But I think all of you get you guys encompass this. You just like twisted that whole thing right together like a braid. It was beautiful. It's awesome. All right. Um, next up, we have. Uh... Forgive us our debts. Forgive us our debts. You got to go with the next one after that. That's a complete As thought. we forgive our debtors. Yes. So forgiving our debts, is that actually meaning actual debt? Or are we talking about sin? Uh, that would actually be both things. Both? Oh, okay. You, you need to think of this. Again, just like Justin said, uh, Justin said, just like Justin said in reference to the bread, you have a physical bread and you have a spiritual bread. Same concept. The body with, and, and the spirit. You have the same concept. You're praying for both things. So you have the same thing here with forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lord, forgive me for my faults, my disbelief, my sin, You know, whatever it may be. Forgive me for these things so then that way I can be used of you 
to help others get forgiven as well. And then on the flip side of that, Lord, help me to pay my debts, but help me to also look at somebody that owes me and say, you know what, let's just be done with it and and forgive you. And I, you don't owe me no more. I, th- I think, um, too, knowing that Jesus is preaching this, you know, we, we know the, the rest of the story, <laughs> if you will. Um, so forgive us our debts. And now we, um, you asked if it was about sins and, and how Mike said, yes, it is. And then Jesus went through and through his sacrifice, he paid the debt. He paid our debt for us. So he is here telling people how to pray and then later becomes part of that prayer. That's, that's awesome. Um, one thing in that, though, that you have to really focus on, and you got to remember, Jesus, again, came to a big crowd. He says, as we forgive our debtors. And it's the same concept of sins, like you're asking God to forgive you, but if you have unforgiveness, going back to a, one of our other podcasts, you have to have forgiveness. If you can't forgive, if you can't, you can't, you can't be forgiven if you can't forgive. Amen. Because you're just holding it in. With that, and I know, I know you guys know this verse, Scripture talks about sin being a debt, and it also talks about the wages. Once again, that's a financial connotation, a financial note. The wages of sin is death. And that's, that's also an, another, I guess, avenue. I mean, this is, this is like a multi-layered thing. It's, it's pointing in both directions, which that was an awesome question. Is it just about forgiveness? It's more than that. It's way more than that. It's helping us to be able to forgive and also asking, well, I've obviously messed up too. Let's, let's go both ways with this, Lord. When we talked about the daily bread, it was, you're asking God daily for this. Notice that you're also asking God to forgive you daily and you to forgive daily. Because why? You fall short daily. So that's why you have to ask for forgiveness daily. Because we all are <laughs> sinners and we do it daily. So don't beat yourself up because we're not perfect. Paul is one of my heroes in the Bible. Quick phrase. I die daily. That's what he said. I die daily. (laughs) Every single day he went through this concept and was like, Lord, I messed up again. Please forgive me. And then turn around, Lord, help me to forgive other people. You know, and every day. All right. The next one is... Um, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, Tom, with temptation, wouldn't that be a stumbling block? And that would also be another way of saying sin, too, and also debt? Here, the temptation, lead us not into temptation. It's a, a, a plea for praying for him to help us not be led into this so like if there's a temptation in front of us that we have the the, the strength to resist resist that temptation yeah lord give us your strength to to yeah oh yeah you're not depending upon yourself to do it that's why you're praying and asking god to deliver you from the evil david did it a lot David in the Psalms prayed and asked God to deliver him from the evil. He was specifically talking about men, like evil men that were taking over his kingdom and things like that. It was his son, uh, you know, and things that were happening. And 
you know, leading him not into temptation, you know, that is, again, it's, it's one of those dual swords. You guys actually talked about this as a daily prayer, and one of my heroes is Bruce Lee. He states, do not pray for an easy day. Pray for the strength to get through the day. Oh, that's So beautiful. that's what you're going with. That's beautiful, okay. yeah. So as a, when I, again, as a child, you read that and you would say, wait, God, God will lead, up, lead you into temptation? That's not what it says there. So I want to make sure we clarify that it doesn't say that by, by, by forgetting to take that out. Let's say you say, oh, but, but deliver us from evil, Lord. You're, you're, God's not going to lead you into temptation. This is saying, this is a, you got to watch how it's written and how you read it because it's, it's a little different the way it was interpreted. Just remember. So it says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Maybe some people read it. And lead us not into that's not the inflection that it was read it read it wrote written 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 something like but it wasn't written like that it was written to be read and forgive us our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from it because it's it's a difference in the inflection and how it sounds because if you just read it and lead us not into temptation makes it sound like God will actually take you and say, if you don't pray that, hey, I'm going to put you in front of temptation. Good luck with that. <laughs> no. But I just wanted to, because if you look at the translation, it doesn't say that. Go. Right. And that's actually a really good point because, and I know this, I don't want this to get off topic, but many, many of us think, and I've, I've heard of this thought process before, that God hones us and all this other stuff by throwing us into temptation and throwing us into these things. But the fact is, is that God doesn't want us to have to. But you know what? He will give us the strength to go through it. And there's there's an interesting thing about that. If you look at all of the representations of all of the stories in Scripture, let's talk about the Israelites. Did God take the Israelites out of the plagues? No, they went through the plagues did at the end of time in revelation it doesn't say that god takes the christians out of the plagues it says that he gives them the strength to make it through and and so and so many other times as well like during the time of war when the israelites were going through it, it wasn't god necessarily removing them from the situation it was that god always gave them the strength to get through it and that's where the deliver us from evil, Lord. In other words, give us that strength. So with this respect on this, what you were saying, Israel, I like how your inflection there was, was there. Here's how I look at this inflection. And lead us not into temptation. My thought process is what you're talking about, just where he's leading us through it. Okay. But you're actually asking God... Lord, like, you know, he did with Job, he said, devil, have at it. He's my servant. Have you met my servant, Job? <laughs> God said, go ahead, do it. Test him. Try him. Do it. I look at this as saying, Lord, take it easy on me today. I I'm talking to my father. My kids come to me. Dad? I don't want to go swimming. I don't know how. Well, we got to put you in the water at some point. 
I'll be there to help you through it. I'll be there to help you through it. Okay, but he's not going to lead you into the the temptation of like you're thinking of, yeah. you know. But I, I I still think there's that that other side of that that you need to think of. Where he's not going to bring works. you out on the pontoon and throw you over. He's going <laughs> to go in the water with you. Oh, I want to make sure I, I get the concept across. I'm not saying that God wouldn't um t- like with Job. He tested Job, but he didn't. He didn't really tempt Job. He didn't go, hey Job, look. Look at this beautiful woman while you're, or look right. at this, or, you know, he didn't tempt them. Right. Temptation's a different story. I don't think God tempts people to sin. No. And that's, and that's where, if you read, if you don't understand that line, you can say, um, a lot of people say, oh, the devil made me do it. Or, oh, why did God put that person in my way? Or why did God do this? That's not how it works. It's not, that's not how God, God's whole concept is not to say, I want it. I want it. I want to test you to see if you'll pass this test all the time with temptation. No, temptation is temptation is something that's different than struggles or trials. Temptation is something that you because you're with a trial, you're being acted upon upon an outside force, and God's going to give you the strength to move through an outside force. A temptation is something that takes you from your from your being and makes you want to sin. I got to weigh in on this one. Ding, <laughs> <laughs> ding! When I read this, I, 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 I dumb it down for my benefit because I know that, that uh, this is, this is a, a, a prayer. He's teaching us how right. to pray. And, you know, they, they spoke during this translation of this so poetically back then. Old English, I love it. But this is saying... Don't lead us to temptation. This is like, keep me away from this completely. You know, this is all one thought process where it's like, don't don't take me to temptation. Deliver me from it. It's Don't even allow me near it. Don't Please don't take me into it. It's yeah. like the um, deflected, like like Justin brought up that, that God saw us through it, that God saw us, them through the plagues. And this prayer is like, don't even let us go to that doorstep. Just let us go the other way. And um, in the NIV version, it says, "Deliver us from the evil one." I was just going to read that. My King, My King James says that. Yeah, deliver us from the evil one, as in a person. Yeah, uh, or go, go off, or, that, go off, or, or the or the devil. You know, the, the well, that's what I mean from per- all of person. his all of his influences from from the evil one. So it's like, well, take it easy on me. Don't take don't take me into this temptation. Instead, send me to Abu Dhabi. You know, <laughs> <laughs> completely away from this. Right. Can I, and I know I brought this up one, one other time. Do you realize how this is shaping the mind of the one praying? Exactly. It's shaping their mind to, to want to, you know, be in God's will about who God is. And, and we get down to this one. It says, and it's, it's, it's about, it, as far as shaping the person praying this, it's about showing that they don't want to be in that temptation, not for discomfort purposes, but they don't want to, and, and I think you brought it up. You'll know what God loves. You know what God hates. You know what God, I think, is, actually, I think Israel brought it up. You know what God loves. You know what God hates. And that's what this is saying. This is saying, God, I know you don't like the stuff that I do when I'm tempted with this. Take me and, and, and give me the strength to go through this. And I'm just saying, just sticking with that, it's shaping the mind. It's shaping the heart of the person praying. Going forward, I, that's a, a great segue into this is because, He's given the reason why. 
delivers from evil. Now this is, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. I can't help it, but just want to sing that whole line right there. For thine <laughs> is the kingdom. <laughs> I, I know that one. I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm not good with music, so that's I've awesome. Never heard that one. No. Oh, I can for sing it for you if you want. I, I can sing. <laughs> so, what are your what are your thoughts as to like you know this punctuation at the end of the prayer where he's like you know we we pray all this because. Yeah, it's a final, yeah. it's a fine, the, the, the finale, the grand finale. What are we doing all this for? Why is he putting us through this mindset? And, and I love that, you know, it's, it's, this is the why this is remember who I am. Again, it's reflecting all about, all about God and who he is. You know, it's, a, it's a reflection all the way back to it again. It, it really is. And the word for, whenever you see the word for in the Bible, always Look to see what it's there for. In other words, and I think Tom just did that great. It's for means because yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And that forever for me resonates because I think in prophecy, I know three times it talks about a kingdom that is to come that is going to be forever. And it's the kingdom that Christ is coming down. It's, 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 it's his kingdom. It's the one that he has established is the one that's going to be forever and, and truly forever. Not just the ambiguous, oh, I waited in line forever. No, we're talking about uh, no agenda, <laughs> just being there, existing. And we kind of talked about it a little bit. And, you know, his kingdom coming. And, and but it's I don't know. It, it is. It's that it's the, the that cherry on, on top of the ice cream sundae that just really makes it. For yours is the king. And once again, it's shaping our minds, shaping our hearts into understanding who God is in this and what he is going. And this one is pointing forward what you're going to do. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. So in practice, I got I to be honest, I always forget about the end of that. Yeah. And I like, I just, I just do like, and... How often do we pray? We, we give God honor in the beginning. Ask your question. Say thank you. Lead us from temptation. All these things, and then at the end, for your for thine is the kingdom and the power and glory forever. I forget to do that at the end of a prayer. Like think about it. Like even when you go, you're, you're praying for your food. You're like, Lord, thank you for this meal. Uh, pray you bless those who make it. Let it be good to our bodies. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. But I don't. You don't say at the end. You're like, but God. You're so amazing that you created all the animals in the food that I killed and tasted delicious, and now I'm going to eat it. You know, <laughs> you don't you don't think about. Okay, guys, that's Justin. like three times now. <laughs> for repetitive purposes, we've forgotten that phrase. In Jesus' name, Amen. If you think about that phrase, the reason why we say that because He told us to do things in His name. And to ask in his name. And if you think about how we're saying that, it is this ending. But you have to mean it. You have to give it the right reverence. And if you put that into proper context, and you say, in Jesus' name, I ask these things. Amen. You are saying that. 
because you're using what Jesus told you. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. You know, it's uh, uh, basically saying it's it's all yours anyway. <laughs> you know, like that. You know uh, we, we just prayed all this, you know, and this is only here because of you. You know, and, and this is just a utterance of we get it. We understand, you know, that you, you know, we, we aren't anything without you here. And then a, a nice little word. We say it a lot. Amen. Amen. What does amen mean at the, at the end of this? Amen. You know, you, you say it in prayer all the time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, in the, in the, you're preaching. You hear, can I get an amen? Can yeah. I get an amen? What does amen mean? Uh, amen means I agree. I agree. It means that it's basically putting your signature on whatever, like if Mike prays the prayer and we all say amen, which we, we are in habit of that, it is literally saying, I agree with what he just said. I concur with that. Or if I pray, if I'm just praying for my meal at lunch or something, and in Jesus' name, amen, that means I agree. You're putting your final, like your signature on whatever just came before that. The translation I've read was, so be it. So be it, right? That's I love that too. That's beautiful. It's the same thing though. It's you're putting your 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 little stamp I mean, as much as I, I don't know what my stamp of approval is worth, but <laughs> you're put you know, I'm putting my stamp of approval to say Justin approves of this message. Thanks for voting. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but, sorry, we're but, in that season, right? Uh, right, right <laughs> but I think that if you couple that with like uh, what Mike was saying, in Jesus' name, so be it. You know, that's, I think, where I, I was going beautiful. with that. Yeah. Is because I'm praying it in Jesus's name like he told me to do. And this is, he's the one telling me to do this. You guys, I, I got to say, can I just cap cap off my end of this? This was awesome. I mean, and, and I haven't actually broken the this prayer down like this in a long time. Amen. And I really hope that it's it's not just helped us here better understand the, the lord's prayer and just just understanding prayer in general this is almost like prayer part two yeah, i right. think I, and and i think and i really hope that it's, it's helped everybody out there as well and if any of you have uh comments on this or even questions about this or you know what even better if we have missed something in the lord's prayer that you really feel needs to be said drop us a line leave a comment leave a leave a question uh, but this is this. I think this has been this has been fabulous. And to wrap this up, guys. Uh, this has been Tom. This is Justin. This has been Sully. This is Mike. And this is Israel. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you guys again next week. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. For it.